0: Welcome. This is The Arena. I'm your host, Maria, 19 years old, and I live in Colorado. Today, we're going to be speaking about Gen Z and our generational identity. Who are we and where are we going? With me, I have my very good friend, Jared. Would you mind introducing yourself?
1: Yeah, of course. I'm Jared. I recently turned 20 and I'm from Virginia.
0: Thank you, Jared. So, Today, we're speaking about just how do we view Gen Z, and I want to keep it kind of in the context of where we come from, what we've seen, and our experiences as well. This may be completely different from yours, and that's totally okay. So, we've all heard the word generation, but what does that really mean? In order to analyze and understand, like, societal changes, we're all broken up into groups called generations. But these generational groups are really broken down into birth years. So what years were you born? And Jared's going to go ahead and explain how is Generation Z classified and what does that mean for us?
1: Sure. So Generation Z is generally classified as people who were born from around 1996 to 2015. And depending on what source you look at, you'll probably find different numbers, but it's around that time frame, right around the time that You know iPhones and the technology that we use today was really starting to to really begin to boom um and there's lots of things that affect generations and the classifications of those people in them and why it makes sense to have those people grouped together because it isn't so much of this generation ended in this year so that means that everyone in the next year is going to be their own unique group of people they will be and that's how classification works but with Gen Z in particular, I think that what we're seeing is the effect of culture on a generation, that's always relevant. So there's three things. If you look at the Pew Research Center, they have an article called The Wise and How's of Generation. And what you'll see is that they have the age effect, which basically age does relate us to one another, the things that happen around us while we're young, the things that happen that are common experiences. Um, the period effect, which is pretty similar to the age effect, again, circumstantially, what's happening contemporarily in our lifestyle, our lifetimes? What have we experienced together? That comes together to help sort of bind us as a generation. And then lastly, the cohort effect. So moments that happen in our really formative years, I think generations and people in general are shaped so much in their earliest years. So with Gen Z still being in those very formative years in that very developmental stage, I think we are you know, there's a lot to look into about how Gen Z is starting to shape up.
0: So now that we understand Generation Z and how researchers are classifying us, Jared, what are your initial perceptions of Generation Z as a whole?
1: So I'd say my biggest thought on Generation Z is that we seem almost like a transitional period or a transitional generation, excuse me, with the rise of technology. Technology's obviously been developing forever, but I think that we really are seeing a huge boom really in the last 10, 20 years or so with the internet becoming so widespread, with smartphones becoming such a thing. I mean, everyone having a phone now, everyone having a personal computer now, I do think that Generation Z in that transitional sort of categorization is functioning as we are the first generation really to be raised fully in technology and to be raised without having to have a learning period, without having to figure it out on our own. It just sort of came to us because that's what we've always known. Um, The second thing I'd say is I think Generation Z is pretty progressive. is pretty accepting of things that have been in the past considered taboo or things that really shouldn't be talked about. And that's kind of hard to say if the full credit is given to Gen Z based on our personality traits or anything that's unique to us, or if that is just a product of being young. I think in general, all generations, you'll see the younger people do tend to be more progressive and more idealistic. And then as you age, I don't know if it's you change your opinion, if just reality sets in, whatever it is, you know, young people do tend to be more progressive. And I think that if nothing else, we are seeing that trend continue in Gen Z. And then the last thing I would say is I think Gen Z in a lot of ways is really disillusioned with a lot of, a lot of components of what's considered successful that other generations have viewed as really important. I think a lot of members of Generation Z have sort of just written those off, not as, irrelevant, but just as not the only way to success. And I think we see that with lots of Gen Z people with like the rise of tiny homes, for instance, with the rise of van life and that culture of I don't need a lot of things to be happy. I can go experience the things I want to see. I can go to the places I want to go with the people I want to be with. And just sort of putting that, putting the emphasis on that sort of thing over, you know, more materialistic things I think is definitely a really unique component of Generation Z, and I'm excited to see, you know, how that develops as our generation goes from our really early adolescent, young adult, you know, period that a lot of us are in now into, you know, full-fledged, fully-aged group of people.
0: And Jared, you mentioned that Generation Z seems to you as disillusioned. So you mentioned that it's very good that they have been creating new ways, but how can it also be a negative effect on them?
1: So I think a good example of something like that could be with the rise of YouTube. And honestly, now TikTok in a lot of ways, I think, is almost replacing YouTube uh, in what I'm about to say of you have people who see this new platform, this new media source and go, I want to be a part of that. And originally, that wasn't really you know, feasible. People who would say, I want to be a YouTuber, that wasn't a thing that people even said because it just wasn't even a thought. But now I think you see more and more that is a valid thing. You do have people who make a living, not just a living, but a huge amounts of money from making YouTube videos. Um, And I think you're seeing the same thing now with TikTok as that has just become such, especially through quarantine, such an enormous platform I think that people have been changing their view of what a successful career means, even if they don't want to have just this bohemian, I live in a van lifestyle, if they do want to have a career, I think we are seeing things like YouTube and TikTok transition from just something that teenagers do for fun to have the potential of being a career. But in terms of the unrealistic aspects of that, I do think while it is fun to think about, I'm going to make it on YouTube and I'm going to... Um, be the next like D'Angelo Wallace and have a huge video that blows up my account. And now I'm a huge name. I, I think it is important while we're young to strive for whatever we want to and chase your dreams. That's what they say and go for it. And really try to be fully present and get where we want to be. But I also think it's important to impose the realities of life on our expectations of sure, maybe I want to be a famous TikToker, but also I could go and be a, I don't know, I could be an accountant somewhere. I could go be a teacher. I could go do something else. And that's not to say either of those, any of those career paths are any better or worse than another. It's just to say, I think we need to look at the likelihood of being able to make it on one of those platforms or whatever we're talking about, and then also have more realistic expectations just in case you know that doesn't work out it's like you wear a helmet when you ride a bike not because you're expecting to fall off but because if you do you want to be prepared and i think that is something that gen z definitely needs to work on is having a mentality of preparedness even if it might seem like that's putting your dreams on hold or if that's saying that what you want is invalid or not able to happen i don't think that those things are mutually exclusive i think that you can fully chase your dreams and fully pursue your passions while also maintaining a safety net for when life inevitably throws you a curveball.
0: For sure. And it even seems like, you know, the internet itself is so chaotic. Like, let's go in and be a part of that, you know, crazy, you know, ride and everything. So I totally see what you're saying there. And you were mentioning sort of like the strengths and weaknesses of that situation. But like, what do you consider strengths and weaknesses of our generation?
1: Sure, I think that Gen Z has a lot of really unique strengths, and i again, it's hard to say if that is a characterization of our personalities or of us as people, or if more so, that's just because of technology um and I don't know the answer to that, but like I had been saying earlier, Gen Z I think really is the first generation to be fully raised in technology millennials are similar, Uh, I think you see that millennials really do have a really good understanding of technology and sort of were the first generation to have wide exposure to technology, but we were raised in it from the time we were little. So that is definitely, I think, an interesting distinction. But for your question, I think one of our strengths is how we're able to spread our voices and how we're able to be heard through our use of technology, through the use of social media, the use of just creating one video if it goes viral your voice can be heard by millions of people versus in the past that type of platform that wide of agency wasn't really granted to people outside of ones who already had established careers who already had made a name for themselves it wasn't really like you could accidentally have such a huge influence so I think that's definitely a strength is again our ability just to be heard I think um, the level of how informed we can be, I think is also in a similar vein to getting our voices heard on social media and viral videos and just that sort of platform. We have access to so much information and you can scroll through Instagram and you can see someone post on their story, a link to an article that interests you or a social issue that's happening or something. And you don't really have to. Look for it. Search it out. You don't really have to look for it or be really trying to deep dive to learn stuff, you can just sort of stumble across it, click a link, and now you're reading the article and you can see what's going on. I do think that can also function as a weakness. I think it definitely is a two-sided coin of, yeah, it's really good that we're able to have access to this much information. And it's really good that we're able to just be so informed. But I also think that it has created an expectation almost of needing to have this quasi-omniscient, you know, aura around us of, oh, I need to know everything about everything or I'm dumb or I'm uninformed or I'm ignorant or I'm naive. And I think that that definitely isn't feasible. It's not feasible that we know what's happening to everyone in every country and we know what happened last weekend in every state around the country or what this person said on this day and what this person said on that day. And I think that definitely has sort of become a weakness of, This expectation of needing to know everything has created, I think, a lot of polarization. And if you haven't heard of an issue that might be important to this person, you're deemed as ill-informed. You're deemed as someone who doesn't care about whatever that issue may be, because how could you not have heard about it? It's been all over social media. Um, So I do think that's a weakness and something that overall we need to work on is not having this expectation of needing to know everything, more so just having the expectation of constantly trying to learn more I think there definitely is a big difference in that I think we should always be striving to further our knowledge and striving to know more and want to say what's happening around the world what's happening around me let's find out some more without saying if I don't know everything I'm doing something wrong I definitely think that's you know something that we should think about and something that Gen Z as a whole should should try to do over time
0: for sure and it's so funny to think that even though millennial uh, millennials and that generation have been influenced by technology for sure and also like the entrance into a new century, something that, you know, really will impact a generation, a group of people, a whole bunch. It seems that Gen Z does have a very large responsibility because the next coming generations or are going to be led by us in a sense they're going to you know have rules and regulations that we eventually come up with for the cyberspace impact them as well and and change how they experience internet and fast speed knowledge and that sort of thing and the access that they have is very much going to be changed by us so despite all these weaknesses where do you see gen z going where do you see us taking the internet and our cell phones and our smart devices and our google powered glasses like where do you where do you see us going with all this
1: i see us going as far as we can take it and i don't know if that's a positive or negative thing i think there are a lot of people who are really scared of technology i think you can see that with movies about oh the robots we come up with robots and they take over that sort of thing i think we can see with like AI, there are people who are scared that AI is gonna take over. And I don't know how founded that is, or you know, I personally just think, wow, that's pretty neat. Um, But I do see us keeping developing technology and to continue doing that until we really can't. And I don't really think we'll reach a brick wall of technology can't go any further. So I don't know, I think that's exciting. I think there's just not really an end in sight of how far it's gonna go. But you saying, where do I see Gen Z going, um, I think right now Gen Z is really individualistic and I think each member of Generation Z has a very unique story. We're able to see those stories now, again, through things like social media and the internet, we're able to connect with people from ways of life that are very different from ours and who have very different lived experience than ours. So I do think we're able to see how different we all are, not just as a generation, but as people in general. But I think even with that, when everyone is trying to be so unique, when everyone's trying to be different, I do think that there's almost this inevitable synchronization almost of eventually as members of the same generation, we will sort of all converge to be labeled as that. I think you see that now with people saying, oh, boomers and saying things about the baby boomers. And obviously those are stereotypes and not all true. But I do think we'll reach that point, even if we don't actually become the same person of having younger generations sort of categorize us of, oh, the Gen Zs, oh yeah, that's what my Gen Z grandma said. And that's my whatever. And I do think that's a thing. And I think we can see that that isn't just unique even to people. If you see, if you're familiar with the Kirimoto model, um, basically there was a study at Harvard about the synchronization of metronomes where they took all these different metronomes And they were set to the same amount of beats per minute, but at different times. So initially, they all start out of sync. It's just a bunch of random clicking. But when they put them on a lightly suspended plane, and they're all sort of able to feel the effects of one another a little bit more, eventually, they all synced up. And then when they were removed from that environment, they all went back to clicking in their different times. So I think that can be analogous to sort of what happens with people of the same generation over time of... Right now, I think we're all clicking independently, but I think more and more as events happen around us and as you know, crises happen, and even with COVID, I think our generation will have that be just one thing that contributes to our synchronization as we all experienced in our most formative years, this huge event. And I think we'll have more things like this, hopefully not to this degree, but we'll have more events in our life that we've all experienced at around the same age that will affect us in similar ways. And then eventually we'll all kind of sync up. And again, not be the same person, but just be, you can tell that we're the same generation, if that makes sense.
0: Completely. And also before I realized, like at the beginning of this podcast, I mentioned that we are saying this in the perspective of American, like, I don't even say teenagers, but American members of Gen Generation Z. But also this kind of does fit in a lot with other nations since, you know, time has obviously taught us that nations, you know, with all our differences, sometimes that comes to be in the way. And you did mention, Jared, earlier that with technology, we're able to sort of surpass that in a sense, not completely, but we're able to stop fearing the unknown And see videos and, you know, hear the voices of our pen pals from different countries tell us their experiences. And that's really powerful compared to, you know, having to go to the library and just reading about it in the encyclopedia or whatever. So this idea that we may all synchronize in some sort of way as a majority, maybe not everybody, we shouldn't force anyone to you know, fit into any sort of box. But I love that you mentioned synchronization, just because, you know, as the world progresses, and technology keeps going further and further, it's not only contained to one nation.
1: For sure. Um, I think like you're saying, of us being less afraid of the unknown, the more that we're able to see, you know, what's previously was considered the unknown for people, what the lived experiences of a peer of yours in another country, you wouldn't have any way of knowing that other than going and reading it in a book, or maybe if somehow you met them in person, you could do it or if you actually went there. So I think with that, and us being able to see the lived experiences of so many different people, or both in different countries and even in different locations in our own, I think our own country has such a huge array of lifestyles based on where you live, Um I think we do have less fear of the unknown, not because we've experienced it ourselves, but because we see all these different people living ways that we didn't even know existed or that we have never experienced, that we've never seen before. Mm -hmm. But then we remember, wow, that's someone my age, they have a normal life, they have a family, they go to school, they do the same things I do, but they do it under these societal factors. I do it under my own, they do it under theirs, someone else might do it under theirs. And so while we haven't lived it ourselves, I think in a way we're almost able to have almost experience involving it. So when the unknown does hit us, even though it's still a scary, and I think people in our generation are overall still worried about the unknown, I think that's a very natural you know, thing to be afraid of. I do believe that we're able to say, okay, yeah, this isn't known. Yeah, this is different. Yeah, this is really mixing up how I've been living my life, but... I have such a wide array of information now to tap into to say, okay, well, I've seen these people or this person does a similar thing to what I'm going through now, or this person's been through something I'm going through now. And you're able to apply that to your own life to, you know, I think just show you, yeah, it's going to be okay. Even though it's unknown, you know, in the end, it's going to be okay.
0: And also with this technology that we have, I mean, even an unknown that we will possibly never face The other day, I saw the YouTube video and somebody from, like, the 60s or something. Maybe I'm... Oh, wait. It could have been the 80s. Don't judge. It could have been the 80s. But they were on a subway train going to Coney Island. And this guy was just taking a home video. And our version of vlogging, anyways. And I don't know. All these years later, he just decided to upload it as, you know, a full-grown, fledged adult. Like, he was a teenager in the video. But being able to see, like, a version of New York that I will never see... Being able to see just the way they, they dressed and the way they acted and the things that they laughed about, that is so impactful. And it does lead into my next question for you, Jared. As a generation, what do you think we should learn and what should we take away from those previous generations? Because it does seem sort of awe-strucking now. But you know we can take some of the things that our parents and our mentors and others from you know, who are older than us, what can we learn from them?
1: So I think that one point that we should take away from generations before us ties into something I was saying earlier about us, just really with the YouTube example of I'm going to be a YouTuber and I don't have a safety net and I don't have a backup plan and I'm just going to do it and I'm not going to plan for anything else. I think Gen Z overall is very impulsive. Um I think that that's a factor of all or most young people, regardless of generation, impulsivity is just a trait of youth. But I do think as a generation, we do have the agency to be impulsive and still see many, many people make it off of that impulsivity of, I'm going to go start a TikTok and then one video gets me a million followers all of a sudden, and now I've made it on that platform without a plan. So I think we're able to see those success stories. And even if it's not a huge number of people who those happen for, when they happen, everyone's able to see it. So it sort of creates this idea that I can do that too. And maybe you can, maybe you can't. But either way, I think that having long-term thinking and not just thinking for the immediate future is something that definitely would benefit us as a generation. And while we can change our ideals and we can change the, maybe the future doesn't look like a townhouse in the suburbs with a picket fence and a dog and some kids. Maybe that's not what it looks like for you. But I think you should be thinking in the long term, whatever that looks like for you, I think you should try to, or we as a generation need to try to be more on that wider scale than we currently are.
0: Even the idea of having like a plan B or a plan C For me personally, that just makes me feel better. But I know for some, you know, the idea of external validation after my first TikTok video, you know, I got a million people like watching me like I'm going to keep going. But also what you're saying makes complete sense is like, you know, we don't know where technology is going and it is definitely it has surpassed every idea of imagination that past generations even thought it could go. And so we don't know. And we definitely should be planning. Um, But yeah, totally. I get that. And um, also, as like a second thought, I mean, if I were to answer this question, for me, it's always been really valuable what my parents have done to make sure that my brother and I are happy and that we are safe and that we have sort of that backup plan that you were talking about. It's like they were already creating insurance for me. (laughs) Which is great, you know, but like also that's not gonna, you know, hang around forever. Like, you know, just because they put so much love into it, they put their life into something and their dreams and their hopes into it. And we as a generation, I personally believe that we should learn to cherish that. Other generations have done that. They have had, I mean, materially, they've had like trinkets or stuff that they've protected. But also our mentors and our ancestors and all that have passed down traditions and advice and just anything that makes us feel like us like like family in a sense is something we should cherish and i personally believe that with that
1: i think all the generations before us have shaped our generation into who we are in their own way and i think we have just sort of become one link in that chain and the generations that come after us will just be further down on that chain if we all affect each other. And so I think that while we need to take advantage of what we have at our disposal and we need as a generation to keep moving forward always, I do think looking to the past and recognizing the contributions of people before us and how that's made us who we are is definitely something that we need to do.
0: I absolutely love this discussion and it's amazing what we can learn if we have more of these discussions. Whoever... Like we're talking to, doesn't matter how old they are. They got an opinion on this, and I love that. So to continue, my very last question to you is more on the flip side of my previous one. What do you think Gen Z should reform or reshape from previous generations?
1: Sure, I think a really big thing that Gen Z seems to be pretty interested in is sort of this idea of autonomy. And that's definitely something that I think most young people want is autonomy and to be independent and to be able to do their own thing. But I think we're seeing it in a really big way here of let people live how they're going to live. If it doesn't affect you, why do you care? Stop trying to impose your ideals on other people if it really doesn't make a difference in your life. So I think that's something that we as a generation are already sort of starting to reshape. And that's something that happens under every generation is something that was previously considered taboo or previously considered okay. Or on the flip side, something could have been considered right and now is considered wrong. I think we're always shaping sort of what's taboo, what isn't, what's in, what's out. So I think continuing that is definitely a really important something that Gen Z is going to have to do. And I think we're already doing that. I think we're seeing that now with with lots of different subjects, like with LGBT issues, with race issues, with all these different things. I think we see Gen Z, we're not perfect yet. We still have a long way to go in so many ways. But I think we're seeing a lot of the gears turning of, hmm, this person's different than me but that's fine because I'm also different from this person. And we're sort of starting to look at it from the other person's point of view of, yeah, you're different than me, but that means that inherently I must be different than you and you're not being mean to me because I'm different than you. So why would I, you know, judge you for being different than me? And I think we're just working towards that. And hopefully, I mean, the ideal is that regardless of who you are, how you identify, whatever, you all can get along with one another. So I think that's something that Gen Z needs to keep working towards again, because even though progress is being made, there's still so much more room to grow. But yeah, I'd say that just that idea of letting people be who they are and just accepting them and you be who you are and you'll be accepted. We can all just sort of not let little differences get in the way of us having a common goal and having a common you know, society and common camaraderie with one another is definitely a really really important thing that hopefully we continue doing
0: and the most important thing about differences especially with this generation um, something that has been a very big discussion is what parents tell their kids Um, I don't know you probably heard about it but that concept of you're special you are like so good you are this you're unique And I think that's very true. But we also, as you said, like, as a generation that is very individualistic, we should not forget that just because, yes, we are special does not mean that we are better than anyone. This generation is not better than any other generation. And those generations are not better than us. And this idea of, like, you know, trying to create an equality, we also shouldn't forget that. Like, you know, that is something that is important. But as we reshape what it means to be equal Because past um, generations, you know, obviously have gotten pretty close to it. But it would be, I mean, it's going to be really cool to see what Gen Z does with that.
1: I definitely agree with you. I think what you're saying with that you're special, I think in a lot of ways, we're the generation of participation trophies and everyone's a winner and everyone is special and everyone is just incredible and the best person I've ever met in my life. And I think that we often by older generations have been mocked for that and have been told, well, if everyone's a winner, no one is. And I disagree with that. I think recognizing our differences and recognizing what makes us all unique and what makes each individual person who they are, I think that's wonderful. And I think we all can be, you know, a winner, obviously not like a competition, but we're all winners in so far as I'm who I am and I'm unapologetically who I am. And you're doing the same thing, but with who you are. And that doesn't mean I'm better than you or you're better than me, but it means we all have achieved something. We all have made it where we're trying to go. And that might not be the same. It might look different for me than it looks for you to have made it. But we both are working towards that and are both doing that. So I do think, I do just agree with you that we're not better than anyone else. We're not better than the people before us. And we won't be better than the people after us. But recognizing our differences and recognizing what makes us us, I don't think is something to change. I think that that's definitely a really positive direction that we're trending.
0: So, any other last things that you would like to add to this conversation?
1: Yeah. Overall, just to sum it up, I I think it's just going to be interesting to see where Gen Z goes. I think it's still. I think that there are cross-generational traits that apply to all age groups of, for instance, since we're young, like impulsivity, I don't think that's unique to Gen Z. Wanting to be maybe more progressive or wanting to see change in the world and having this very idealistic view of things, I don't think is necessarily unique to Gen Z. It's just a trend that's continuing through us. Um, But I think just the older we get, the more that we'll sort of establish a a name for our generation outside of just well they're just a bunch of kids messing around i think we really will begin to make a name for generation z i'm just really excited to see where that goes
0: same here and with that we'll sign off my name is maria i'm jared and thank you for listening to the arena where gen z voices can be heard have a good night